LA and Orlando, I'm coming to see you. All my LA folks, I'll be bringing this podcast right here to the stage at the Dynasty Typewriter on Saturday, November 16th. Yes, Small Doses will be live and in full effect. Get your book signed and get your DMT questions answered in person. And all my Orlando folks, where y'all at? Florida Classic will be going down and I will be there at the same time, November 22nd and 23rd, headlining at the Orlando Improv. My 407 folks better come and show out for their hometown hero. Get your tickets for both shows at smartfunnyandblack.com. That's right, LA on November 16th and Orlando, November 22nd and 23rd. Come get these gems, y'all. All the tickets are available at smartfunnyandblack.com. See you soon. And remember, Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use is in stores now. Get yours wherever books are sold. Small Doses. Self-help from the hip. Small Doses. We're talking that shit. Small Doses. And keeping it real. Small Doses. With me and Nancy Seals. It's so funky. (laughs) Welcome to a new episode of Small Doses. It's been a interesting month, and um, I think a lot of it I have spent very publicly, and I think that it's been super dope being on this book tour because a lot of times these days you kind of end up just living in like this virtual space. Uh, but when you do something like a book tour or, you know, any type of tour where you're like interacting with humans, you really kind of get brought back down to earth. And I got lucky enough to be brought back down to earth in a very positive way. So thank you to everybody who came out to these book signings in LA, DC, New York, and uh, Danville in Northern California. I am going to be doing my best to plan more of these uh, for uh, upcoming dates and really looking to just continue to connect with y'all, especially after you've had time to really read the book and have more questions and, you know, insights. It's also been super dope to see people's thoughts on like different passages that hit them and different things that stood out to them in the book, uh, via DM. So I've actually created a page, small Small doses book, um, on Instagram where I'm showing love to anyone who takes pictures with their book wearing pink. Uh-huh. And uh, it's, and also like sharing like the the passages that people like are highlighting on their own pages and like people are adding in like their own two cents to different passages and saying like what they liked about this or what they thought or how it triggered something that they like had their own vision about. So really just continuing what I've been saying this book is about, which is sharing, which is considering, which is uh, intellectualism and laughing. So Want to continue to do that, so make sure you follow Small Doses Book on Instagram so we can keep the conversation going and growing. Today's conversation is about being misunderstood. And this conversation I felt like was really necessary to have basically out of the last couple of weeks that I've been spending in the public eye and also just all a lot of the feedback that I got from people in regards to how it has connected with them. And the fact of the matter is like so many people feel misunderstood. And I think it's even safe to say like nobody is really understood. Some people are just more cool with being misunderstood than others. Like some people are more comfortable with that, you know? And also some people are not dealing with the same level of repercussions for their misunderstanding as others, you know? Um, So I think that's like a lot of the crux of like what gets people frustrated and sad and, and angry is their own 
is where they fall on the meter of misunderstood. Now, a lot of people tell me that like after 40, I I won't give give a fuck. fuck about who understands me. And so I'm looking forward to that. Now I'm only two years away from 40, but a lot of y'all listening got a long road to go. So I want to spend this episode talking about like what it means to be misunderstood, like what that, what kind of burden that is and how you kind of attempt to manage it and, and, um, and what you're doing to also possibly enable it. Um, so let's like get into it. And I hope that you at the very least understand this episode. Jam dropping, jam dropping, jam dropping. We dropping on these hoes. So today's jam dropping is iconoclast versus attention seeker. Hmm. So iconoclast. Rebecca, Brandon, and I collectively love this word. It's not used enough. An iconoclast is a person who attacks cherished beliefs or institutions. An attention seeker is somebody who's really just doing shit to get some shine. These are very distinctive because I think both of these folks can be labeled misunderstood. Now, an iconoclast, in the case of someone like myself, is a person who attacks cherished beliefs or institutions that are harmful in their opinion to the advancement of society. And I think that's kind of like a unspoken asterisk to that definition of iconoclast. Um, I think there is something to be said for like the, the definition that we're reading in the internet to me is very kind of generic. Like Hitler can be an iconoclast the same way that Stokely Carmichael can be an iconoclast by by their definition. But I think that it's very important to acknowledge that how you are or why, I should say, you are attacking these cherished beliefs and institutions is what makes the difference between an iconoclast and an attention seeker. An attention seeker is somebody who's doing things that may look like an attack of the cherished beliefs or institutions, but if they're only doing it to simply just get attention, they're basically a shock jock. They're basically somebody who's like seeking their 15 minutes of regard from society. Uh, they give iconoclasts a bad name. And oftentimes I feel like those people are making a point to attempt to be misunderstood. That to me is the doozy. And that's what makes it so hard for people who are actually misunderstood. Because there are folks who are out here doing things in an attempt to like be considered enigmatic when really it's not that you are um, a complex individual or that you are dynamic. You're simply just manipulative. <laughs> you're manipulating society and you're manip- or whoever's around you to think that you are these things because maybe you don't even want to face who you really are. Somebody who is an iconoclast is legit misunderstood oftentimes because people don't know why they are going up against cherished beliefs institutions or they don't like that they're going up against cherished beliefs institutions and they feel that this person is doing these things like to hurt them or to... Um, possibly just get attention. And that's where a lot of the misunderstanding comes from. When you're somebody who shakes up the system, when you're somebody who's disruptive, when you're somebody who's subversive, so often people try to undermine the intention of your crusade by trying to diminish it into someone being an exhibitionist or someone being a show-off. 
And for all intents and purposes, that That is is not the case. And it is important to learn the difference of those people. And it's important to be able to understand the nuance between those people. And I mentioned this on The Breakfast Club where I said I feel very concerned about the black community because I think that a lot of us don't know the difference between our villains and our warriors. And I speak very candidly about my frustration with Kanye West right now because I think that people think Kanye West is an iconoclast when he's actually an attention seeker. And what gets very dangerous about that is that That is how people end up creating cults. And that is how people end up creating followings going in a direction that is literally hurtful to themselves. 45, the current president, is not an iconoclast. He is an attention seeker. He successfully presented himself as an iconoclast to the masses of America that felt that they were underserved because other people that are from other backgrounds and ethnicities got a chance and a shot at the American pie. And so he presented himself as an iconoclast by saying like he's going to go against the cherished belief that they all deserve a piece of that pie and bring America back to goodness again. Well, the thing is, though, he wasn't really even trying to do that. Like, this is the thing. He wasn't even an actual person trying to help out the people he claimed that he was helping. He was literally just doing it to get their vote. And so at the end of the day, he was just an attention seeker. An attention seeker has no other goal other than to get attention. They're not actually trying to get change. They're not actually trying to get movement or empowerment for anybody other than themselves that's That's it it. and you have to start to look at why people are doing things and not just look at the words they're saying but the actions behind what they're saying like you look at someone like Kanye West and people are like oh he's he's an iconoclast because he's like breaking down barriers what he literally just did a marketing plan and dropped an album that's what he did he just did it so effectively and strategically because he has been an attention seeker for so long that a lot of people fell for it I personally am so proud of those of you who are like, oh, no, no, no. We see very clearly what's going on. Because it is you all who are going to continue to move the needle. Because an iconoclast is only effective if they have people behind them supporting the shift for change. Like, I could try and knock over a refrigerator by myself all day. But if I have six other people come and join me, we can knock the the bitch bitch over. over. Right. And then open the doors and then empty the shit out and get some change. An attention seeker doesn't even care about what happens after the shit is knocked over. They just knock the shit over and keep on moving to the next thing that they can seek attention from. So when we talk about the side effects of being misunderstood as it relates to being an iconoclast versus an attention seeker, we're talking about we as the people looking at these people and determining what we understand of these different types of individuals. And we have to make it our own business to say, okay, from their actions and their words, is this person just misunderstood or is this person just attempting to be a paradox so that we can find curiosity in them that will make us support them? And listen, a lot of times, like, that's what's happening. Someone is literally just like doing wild shit because it makes you all stop and crane your necks like a fucking train wreck or a car accident. Side note, there was so much traffic on the 405 the other day. And I was like, oh, again, L.A. traffic, so many cars. No, simply because of a fucking fender bender that had already been moved to the side. 
Everybody felt the need to slow down and take a look at somebody else's problem that they're not gonna help them with. (laughs) Back to where I was going. I mean, unreal. Anywho, when you're looking at an iconoclast or an attention seeker, make it your business to see like who truthfully is being misunderstood or who is simply trying to make you not understand what you actually know. All right, let's get into some DM tizzles. First question. People have often told me that they mistook me for appearing mean, that I am actually a nice person once they get to know me. I don't feel like my entire life needs to be a dance and a smile everywhere I go. How do we or I change the stigma of appearing mean when all I do is walk in with my head held high, make direct contact, and shoulders up? Uh, Well, I think that Truth is, you're a black woman, so that off top, because I'm looking at the picture, like, off top, like, you having the nerve to walk in with your head held high and your shoulders up making direct eye contact for a number of people is seen threatening, is seen confrontational, is seen, um, you know, hostile. So I think that when it comes to, like, changing the stigma, unfortunately, I think it's a much deeper conversation because it really is more about people's insecurities and their attachment to old um, ideals that have been like ingrained in our society than what you're doing. Never forget that, including Jim Crow, black people were enslaved in this country for 500 years. We have not even been in this country as free people for a quarter of the time that we were here as enslaved people. So the undoing of the work in that space, we haven't even gotten to the halfway point. On a very legendary program that speaks to important issues that individuals go through called Sex in the City, there was a conversation... (laughs) I know. I was so excited to turn that corner. There was a conversation that Charlotte York had with Carrie Bradshaw about what is the time frame for getting over somebody. Charlotte very famously stated that it takes the time you were together and a half. Well, shit. Under the rules stated by Charlotte York of the Upper East Side, America will not get over its relationship that it created and made with black people for at least another 600 years. And if we're being honest, no, 1960 was supposedly like the mark of the end of Jim Crow. It's not 2060. It hasn't even been a hundred years since the end of Jim Crow. So we haven't even begun to get to the full length of that relationship plus the half. Now I'm no expert and nor is Charlotte York, but I think it's safe to say that it's going to take a while to undo the work that was very well laid. And that's not just with black women. That's with women as well. There is just has been a very ardent effort to present women as always amenable, always approachable. And if you're not that, then you're complete. You're considered, you know, mean. If you're not making someone feel like they can get something from you, 
you're considered mean. And whether that's attention or sex or cookies, it's still an ethos that I feel like is really like considerably filtered in society. That being said, you know, fuck them. Fuck them. I mean, I think that women in general are not misunderstood a lot of times. We're simply just disliked for not fitting in very specific boxes that were drawn for us by others that had no investment in our best intentions. Next question. Hey, Amanda, I'm a communicator by nature. I'm always willing to explain, but then it always the people that I come across that will hear what I'm saying, but never can see my view. How do you deal with that level of misunderstanding? I'll argue my point till forever, but it's like, I need to know when to walk away. Someone asked a similar question that I will uh, loop into this one where they said, how do you determine when it is appropriate to explain versus letting someone continue to misunderstand? Are there any situations where it is always necessary to explain or to never explain yourself to others? Um, I think these are both great questions. Let me unpack this. My therapist says something that I really think is true and that I think can provide a lot of insight into this concept. She says, a lot of people, it's not that they misunderstand you, it's that they don't agree with you. So you have to, off top determine is this person just not understanding what I'm saying or do they simply just not agree with what I'm saying? And I think that the way that you can determine that is if they are genuinely asking, well, give me some more insight into your point of view. A lot of people aren't doing that. They're not really interested in getting more insight into why you feel the way you feel or into getting more clarity on your point of view. They are simply interested in stating that their point of view is different, which then triggers you to feel like you need to re-explain your point of view because for you, you're like, how could they not agree with me right now? They just stated something opposite of me. They must not agree with me. So now I need to restate my point so that maybe they won't still be where they at. That's, That's really, really what, what ends up happening. So I think that when we're looking at when we explain ourselves and when we don't, it's when we have to, it's we have to look at our company. We have to look at the company we're keeping. And we also have to look at our goal in this conversation. When the woman in this question asked me, is there ever a time where we have to explain ourselves or a time where we never explain ourselves? Well, if you are arrested, never explain yourself unless you have a lawyer present. That is a time when you literally should ne literally never explain yourself unless a lawyer is present. If you are taken in for questioning, do, do not, not say, say shit, shit unless, unless you have counsel present. Um, a time when you should always explain yourself in a medical situation. In a medical situation, you should always over explain what is taking place because a lot of times, especially with black women, there is this idea that like we're not really in pain or we're not really hurting or we don't really have what's going on going on. So you need to continue to say, no, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. So you can get the care that you deserve. And if they're still obtuse, you need to tell them, please make a note in my file that you refused to honor or pay attention to or treat what I'm telling you. Um, I think this also feeds into the like pick your battles, right? right? For instance, if you're in a romantic relationship, 
sometimes people are just tired. Or if you're like arguing with a child, sometimes you're just like, I'm just arguing with a 12 year old right now and I, I feel like I should probably just bow out. There's no win here. The win is the thing. And you got to really take a look at when you're in these situations, like what is the win? Because sometimes it's your ego that is really what's trying to explain. Your ego is trying to explain because your ego wants to feel like this person is on your side. And that's not necessarily like a bad thing. I'm not necessarily saying it's like this like megalomaniacal part of you. But sometimes like you just may want to feel like this person gets it. So then that will make you feel better about you and your decision. And that makes you feel safer. That makes your ego feel more rooted in foundation. But sometimes it's like you just have to chalk it up and be like, you know what? We're just going to have to agree to disagree. For the safety of not only like maybe a relationship, but also like your energy. And, you know, Rebecca was here talking about like, you know, sometimes you have to like be the bigger person. And I know for a lot of us, like the idea of having to be the bigger person is just so fucking irritating, you know, because you're just like, why do I always have to be the bigger person? And I know for a lot of my life, I have had like I've had to like really work on that. And I continue to and I'm at a turning point in my life where I have to like apply this even more because for what it's worth, it's like. It's not really being the bigger person as much as it's just like preserving your energy. And sometimes you have to look at the situation and be like, is this worth me explaining further because it's going to turn into something more? And a lot of times what you explaining further turns into is an argument or them further misunderstanding and not just misunderstanding your point, but misunderstanding your tone and misunderstanding your intention. I am at a point in my life where I've had to realize that I got to stop trying to fucking explain myself to the goddamn internets. It's a fruitless effort because for all intents and purposes, the people who have an issue with me are decidedly wanting to have an issue with me because a lot of times I'm saying things that don't require more explanation. It's very succinct. It's very clear. It's articulated as such. And if someone is misunderstanding it, it's simply because they are choosing to involve their own misperceptions of me or of a situation. And that's not for me to have to fix. So I guess my answer to this question is really just about you deciding like, what's worth your time? Really, like what's worth your efforts? I think when we are in a romantic relationship, we feel more inclined to want to explain ourselves because we want this other person to really know where we're coming from. And we also want to feel like they are on the same page as us because then we can still be with them and not second guess ourselves as we suck their dick. You know what I mean? Like you really just want to feel like I am decidedly and admirably putting this penis in my mouth because you and I see eye to eye. And, you know, sometimes you got to just chalk it up. I think a lot of times too, we feel like we need to explain ourselves because we don't want someone to misunderstand our character. And I think that's another time where you feel where where there is something to be said for explaining yourself. For a lot of people who've never understood like why is Amanda Seals like always like conferring with people on on Instagram or why is she always like back clapping back or why is she always like going in they're like forget those people forget those haters. It's because I just don't ever want my character in question about some shit that I didn't fucking say. Like that feels so invasive and like 
tyrannous and I just hate the idea of it. But I've also had to just come to a peacefulness with like, you know what, Amanda? You know your character. You also know the work that you do. And you're not being a paradox. Um, You're misunderstood a lot of times for things that are completely outside of you. You know, it's like a lot of us are misunderstood based on other people's misunderstandings of themselves. And that's the part where you have to be like, throw your hands up in the air, try your best, keep on trucking. Hi, Amanda. Love all your platforms. I feel like I'm always misunderstood. I usually have to clarify or explain my intentions. Lately, I have felt like I need to explain myself even to people I am close to, people I thought knew me. Ooh, girl. Mm, mm, mm. I know about it. It becomes exhausting, but I also don't want to push the people I love away. At the same time, I feel like if you knew me, you wouldn't be misconstruing my intentions. So where does one find the balance? Mm, I gotta, I gotta sing for this one. Mm-hmm. Well, well. Sister, what you talking about? Is when it feels like people don't know your soul. And when people don't know your soul, how can they get down with you? hear you it is an incredibly lonely feeling when you look around and the people you thought was with you is now looking at you like who are you I think that sometimes what that happens because you really are changing and maybe the stuff that you are talking about or the spaces that you're moving into are foreign to those people And a lot of times when things are foreign to people, they're scared of it and it makes them be obtuse, combative, hostile. Their lack of understanding a lot of times is really rooted in their inability to relate to your choices. And it can suck when you feel like the people around you, like, can't grasp where you're coming from because you're like well this just seems real basic and they will make you feel like you are not just explaining your individual choice but you're explaining like the source of your soul to them your question was where does one find the balance because it can feel exhausting i think the balance ends up coming in time and finding other people that do share a like mind with you and you kind of sometimes don't know where that's even going to happen for me I feel like when I got to LA I got a lot of that I was very fulfilled and enriched by finding people who I felt truly understood like the complexities of Amanda and the the way that the artist and the activist and the way that the the sensitive and the crusader all intersect. And they found beauty in that in ways that I feel like other people in New York uh, found um, chaos. And 
it was it was really critical that that happened for me at that time too because I moved across the nation. I was by myself moving across the nation, and I kind of just you know was looking for a fresh start. And I don't know how how I would have advanced had that not happened so quickly for me, because it's enough to battle a new home and a new space and a new place, but also to battle that um, with people that are also kind of looking at you like, well, why are you here? You know, Michelle Obama at the um, summit that the Obama summit that's going on, she spoke about that with in regards to white flight and how she felt like white people are, were moving out and continue to move out of neighborhoods when black people or immigrants move in. And she says, you know, as people doubted us coming through, and this is her talking about her going through um, the Ivy League school system in terms of like Princeton and Harvard. She said... As people doubted us coming through, are you Princeton material? Can you really make the grade? Can you cut it? What do you do in those instances? Obama asked, according to The Hill, all you can do is put your head down and do the work and let the work and your truth speak for itself. She's added that she was mystified by the concept of discrimination. I can't make people not afraid of black people, she said, according to The Hill. I don't know what's going on. I can't explain what's happening in your head. Well, that relates to not just black people, but that relates to also just like the people around you. Like, I can't explain what's going on in your head. All I can do is explain what's going on in my head. And you either fuck with it or you don't. And I can't like explain it ad nauseum. And I was on set the other day and me and Natasha were talking and she was telling me about how she has really worked on the economy of words. And she said it's just really helped her to be a lot more peaceful. Because, you know, you when you are smart, especially like and you have like the language, you, you want, want to just, just keep, keep explaining, explaining your point. point. You just want to keep explaining your point because you're like, well, eventually they'll get it. But she was telling me how just like being economic with her word choices and her explanations has saved her so much energy because she realizes that all she has to do is provide enough for her and it it takes a lot of bravery to even be able to do that too and it's and it takes a certain level of confidence in your point of view and conciseness you know and i'm somebody who'll be like no well it's no because and i recently had a situation where i offered an explanation to somebody because i thought that that was me being helpful me showing respect me being considerate and they said that they felt that the explanation being offered to them the fact that i offered it at all was belittling and they felt that the offer that me offering an explanation to them was me um going overboard when I really could have just said no. So sometimes you don't even, you know what I mean? Like it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. But I think the balance is really found in finding spaces where you feel understood. And it can take some time to seek that out, you know, and it might be, it might be in different friend groups. It might be, you know, in different social settings. It might be in solitude. You know, it might be amongst non-humans it might be amongst animals you know it, it might be going to somewhere where you feel at peace with yourself and being able to balance like the peacefulness of your solitude with the disruption of like being around people that don't necessarily get you right now like i've had to absolutely do that like you have to kind of sometimes just isolate yourself and fortify yourself and that is really like 
important. It's important. But being somebody who's quote unquote misunderstood like all the fucking time is so tiring and fucking frustrating and painful. And it makes you feel like you are not fit for this world. And that's like the source of a lot of people's reason for committing suicide because they're just like, I just don't belong here. Like, what am I like? This is a waste of my energy and time because I just don't fucking belong here. And. You know, I felt like that before. I wouldn't say that I was ever suicidal, but I've definitely felt just like I don't belong here. I don't think the way this place thinks. I don't operate the way this place operates. I don't know how to function in its system. I mean, I literally, I just feel like I'm MS-DOS trying to function on an Apple iOS. And it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. So the way that I feel like I end up managing it is by trying to surround myself with people who like take joy in writing the code of my MS-DOS and understanding and reading the code of my MS-DOS and simultaneously like making a practice of learning the functionality of the iOS system so that I can manage and move in and out of it at my leisure. And that is where the economy of words comes in. That's the part of managing the iOS system and learning it, right? Like, um, and the whole bigger person thing a lot of times ends up really where the exhaustion comes in because a lot of managing people misunderstanding you is you being forced to have to figure out and understand other people. That's where a lot of the exhaustion comes in. Like, oh, you misunderstand me because you haven't done this work on yourself. Or, oh, you misunderstand me because you believe in this spiritual belief. Or, oh, you misunderstand me because I am a reflection of something that you have yet to admit to yourself. And so then what comes after that is that you're supposed to have compassion. And let me just tell you all something. In my opinion, compassion does not mean letting someone walk over you. It does not mean letting someone belittle you. It does not mean letting someone make you, you know, feel like they're right, even though you know what's right about you. Compassion is simply just in freeing them from having to continue the discussion. (laughs) And that is also a show of compassion to yourself because there's something very liberating in letting go of that which you cannot control. And one thing that you cannot control is somebody's perception of you once they've already made up their mind. And I said this on Big Boy's radio show. I said this on The Breakfast Club and I will repeat it and say it again. If you are not careful, you will let the people who know you the least convince you that you don't know yourself. Don't let it happen. People I like. Yeah. This people I like is not necessarily about an individual, but about a type of person. And I aspire to be this person because I wasn't always this person. But I like people, and I, I think a better word than like in this case is appreciate. I appreciate people who don't feel the need to have to understand you in order to respect you. You know, the truth of the matter is that we are all like our own entities. We're our own planets. I mean, we've got so much going on that like we're trying to constantly try and understand ourselves. We're trying to identify our triggers. We're trying to identify our strengths, our weaknesses, our assets, all of these things. That's 
effort. That takes a lot of effort to get to that place. So trying to do that for somebody else, you know, is also like a lot of work. You know, that's why you, for what it's worth, like when people talk about their polygamists, I'm like, fuck out of here. You're not able to truly put all this energy into understanding more than one other person like <laughs> in the way that you do with an individual. Like you don't got that all that energy. You must be dating three very simple people. Because, honey, one person trying to understand the inner workings of one person is so taxing and requires so much, you know, bobbing and weaving between, okay, I'm going to try to understand this. I can't really understand that. I don't even want to understand that. Um, it just requires so much. That I just can't even imagine trying to say you're doing that for more than one person in, in, an, in the intense way that is required for a relationship to work. Get out of here. You might be trying to understand, you know, how to pleasure them. Maybe you've managed to master that. But, like, can you truly, truly, like, get to the bottom of somebody's core in multiple cases the way that you do in a romantic relationship? I don't truly fully know about that. I just don't. Um, but I say all that to say that, like, for instance, I'll just use myself for an example. Like, I think there's a lot of people who claim that they don't like me um, that they just feel like I am a problem. I'm all these things. And I think that a lot of those people simply just don't understand like that I am a nuanced person and I'm dynamic and I have complexities and I'm not presenting to them in a very basic um, way where they're used to celebrities doing that. They're used to celebrities presenting to them in a very like bite size fashion. And I am not presenting to you as just one chocolate. I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the whole, whole box. box. And you're like, well, I don't even, I can't, this box got mad hella different types of insides. Sometimes you bite into one and it's a coconut nougat. And then the other time you bit into it and it was a snickerdoodle. And you're like, well, I liked the coconut, but I didn't like the snickerdoodle. It's like, yeah, but you can still like the box of chocolates, though. You may not like all of the inner workings of seals. But at the end of the day, you like chocolate. And so that's where I get frustrated because I feel like people don't understand that, like, people are complex. So you may not like every element and you may not understand every element. But at the end of the day, you should be able to acknowledge the sum of the parts. And when I say some, I mean S-U-M. And I appreciate people who have the objectivity to be able to make a distinction between like, I don't understand that, but I still respect it. Or I don't understand this person, but I still respect them because they can look at a bigger picture and because they are not blinded by their own ego and they're not hindered by the fact that like everything doesn't have to relate to you. In my book, Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use, now available in bookstores everywhere, wherever they sell books. I talk about selling Smart, Funny and Black. And how, like, difficult it was to understand why, like, a lot of white executives feel like if they don't understand something that it doesn't have value. And it's like, just because this isn't for you and you don't relate to it doesn't mean that it doesn't relate to somebody else or isn't for somebody else. And I feel like that as people. Like, just because you may not relate to this person and just because you may not find value in what this person is saying doesn't mean that that person shouldn't have a right to exist or it doesn't mean that that person shouldn't be able to say what they're saying as long as what they're doing and what they're saying isn't harmful to others. Because I, I had to say that because I know somebody was listening like, well, what about Kanye? What Kanye is doing and saying is harmful in the grand scheme of things because he is legit using his platform 
to indoctrinate people to believing that the people who are hurting them are actually helping them. And that is false. It simply is false. A Republican government is helpful to Kanye West because he's a millionaire and their tax breaks are effective for him. Full stop. But I just really like people who are able to step out of their own egos or able to step out of their own bubbles to really just acknowledge like this person might be quirky. This might person might have idiosyncrasies. This person might be different. I don't necessarily understand all the inner workings of this person, but I can identify that this person is a person worthy of even basic human respect. And in some cases it might be that I can identify this person has a soul that I think is a beautiful soul. And I'll just acknowledge that. And it doesn't even mean that you have to necessarily be friends with that person or you need to date that person or you need to hire that person. But it simply just means that you can acknowledge like, I may not completely understand this person, but you know what? They're a human and they're doing their best to get through just like me. I like y'all. And I work every day to continue to grow in that space. You know, that's what like the whole trans movement is really at the root about. You don't have to understand. You don't have to understand to to respect the fact that I'm a person and I deserve every right to live as a person without being attacked, without having my rights hindered, without having my choices held under a microscope by people who aren't even trying to understand. Like that's essentially the crux of the trans movement like why can't i just choose how i live without the scrutiny of others who aren't even interested in why i'm choosing (laughs) like and i believe that everyone should be able to live however they want to live as long as it's not hurting anybody else and there's a lot of vilifying that happens with trans people by people who quote unquote don't feel like trans people should be able to live their you know because and it's not for any reason other than like They're just scared because they don't understand. That's it. Like, I don't want to share bathrooms with them. What the fuck are you talking about? What? No. Like, that's not what the issue is. You're not scared about getting raped in the bathroom by a trans person. What are you fucking talking about? A rapist is going to rape somebody in whatever bathroom that they feel is rapey. And the assertion that a trans person is a rapist because they're a trans person is so dangerous and is so associated with, again, fear that we have to be very careful about like when we let our misunderstanding of somebody lead us to a fear that leads us to be torchbearers to shut them down. You know? Shrek. Misunderstood. Here they come with the torches. We got to get rid of the troll. This nigga ain't doing shit but living in his swamp. He's not going and hunting humans. He lives in his hut. He likes his mud. He's hanging out. And they're all coming to like shut him down because they're like, I don't understand. I don't understand why you're happy living in this swamp. I don't understand why you're green. I don't understand why your teeth look like broken ends of a white picket fence and because I don't understand it I want to shut it the fuck down no he's not hurting anybody why the fuck are you trying to get at Shrek so really got to look at that I love people who don't let their misunderstanding of something or someone drive them to fear because when you are moving from a place of fear you become dangerous and oftentimes I feel like misunderstanding gets weaponized 
And there are people who also bank on the fact that misunderstanding drives people to fear and they will weaponize your own fear. There are people who make a point of using people against each other by trying to make others look like they don't make sense. There are people who have made an active effort of presenting an image of me that is nonsensical because they know that it will create a stirring in people because so often people, when they don't understand something, are stirred to fear and they know that they can manipulate fear and they are so limited in their own ability to, to actually create their own platform based on light and based on love that they will instead base it on manipulating the masses fears. I just said some really fucking deep shit. So you need to rewind that back and listen to it again because it's happening all the time on these internets. I feel like the internet is the biggest place where I see that happen. The biggest place, not just with me, but with others. Pay attention. That one time. That one time that I was misunderstood. Oh, you mean like all the time? So over the last couple of weeks, like I felt very compelled to have to explain myself more than ever because there was just such an onslaught of attack coming at me about something that had 100% been like presented in a misleading fashion. And I did feel compelled to have to like explain in further detail so that people who were at least in the middle, because some people are just in the middle, so that at least those people in the middle could get a better understanding of of me. And essentially, that's simply just me deciding to take, to take back control of my narrative. So earlier in DMT, someone had asked about like, when do you choose to explain yourself and when do you choose not to explain yourself? And I want to make an addendum that you need to explain yourself when people have hijacked your narrative to a point where you're no longer driving the car. Because that means that they can drive you off your path. And only you should be steering your path. Um, that being said, I went on my four city book tour. It would have been longer had I had more time. But due to my schedule with The Real and Insecure for the last two weeks, I didn't. But I scrummaged together four cities. And I got to tell you, like, you know who understands me? The, the fucking universe. universe. Because the universe seems to always provide me with what I need every time. Every time. And I needed y'all's love. And I needed y'all's realness. And I needed y'all's honesty. And it was provided to me. And getting to be in these rooms with you all. And also outside of that, just even the flooding of my DMs with people who felt it important to reinforce, you know, their own experiences of being misunderstood along with their appreciation for me or their understanding of me or their willingness to say, like, I don't understand everything, but at the end of the day, like, I get you, I understand your intention and that's all I need to really understand. Um, that has just been crucial because... Even the strongest person who is the most solid in their convictions can be wavered because energy is powerful and um, you're very often not in control of how it is presented to you. 
And if you're an empath, it's even worse because you just naturally take in energy. So I feel like there's no real way to sometimes get out from under without people pulling you out. And I'm just really super duper thankful um, to everybody who just took it upon themselves to like share a kind word with me or to buy my book, you know, or to post a picture of them by my book or to, to, um, to just stop me in the street and be like, Hey girl, like I rock with you because being a public figure, trust me, being misunderstood in the world is a very difficult life to lead and walk because you just want to be peaceful and it can just be really disruptive when you feel like people are actively, it's almost like a record skip. It's like you're like a record moving and, and it feels like people are actively like skipping the needle, pushing the needle, pushing the needle. And so like you can never get in your groove. That's what being misunderstood feels like. Like you're just trying to get in your groove, man. Like you're trying to get your pace. And then there's like a situation that will happen where you're just like, how did you not understand where I was coming from in this one? And it like trips you up and then you got to recalibrate and get back in your groove. And you know, I want to make a point of this though. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes the reason you're being misunderstood is because you don't understand yourself and you're sending a lot of mixed fucking messages. And you're, it's not about mixed messages. I'm not saying that you're being complex, but you're being contradictory. Your actions aren't lining up with your words per se. And it's very easy sometimes to cop out to, well, they just don't understand me. Well, how could they? There's nothing about your presentation that makes sense. You know, like even if you're coming from a number of different points of view, like you can still find synergy and you should be able to explain your synergy. But there'll be times where it's like, I've had people who love to be like, I'm just misunderstood. And I'm like, okay, but how? Because, and it's like, no, it's not that you're misunderstood. It's that you're not being allowed to lie to yourself. You know, you're not, you're not being coddled. You're not being enabled. And what you're saying is being misunderstood is you feel that people don't understand why they should continue to coddle you, why they should enable you, why they should let you live your lie. And that's you. (laughs) You know, you got to self-check on that sometimes. Like, And sometimes it's not all mutually exclusive. Sometimes there's shit about you that you got to work on and there's other shit that you're like, fuck Fuck them. I like, for instance, like I know that I'm continuously having to work on just how the tone that I hear in my head is not the tone that's expressed sometimes. And we live in a time where like people are just hypersensitive. So I just have to be hyper aware. And that's that's a constant constant thing thing I have to work work on. on. I also have to work on like, I just don't need to be right all the time. Like, even if I see something like I live by the subway sign of the Metropolitan Transit Authority that says, if you see something, say something. Well, I mean, that's great for like bombs, but it's not always great for truth bombs. Sometimes it's just not the right time to drop the truth bomb. Sometimes it's not even a matter of if this is even going to affect you, Amanda. And listen, I'm always coming from the place of I want to inform I want to add to this because I think it will improve. But not everybody's going to receive it that way. And sometimes it's just like, okay, leave it alone. Um, 
But then there are things about me that I know are like people just misunderstanding. Like that's one of those things where I just I'm like a lot of times people just misunderstand where that's coming from. But it is what it is. A lot of times, though, like people saying that, like, they don't understand why as a light skinned black woman, I would be so rooted in like black issues and the black cause. I'm just like, huh? That's your shit. I can't I can't can't work that out for you. I'm not, I'm not, I don't need to explain that. I'm not trying to explain that. Um, back, back to that, that question, question from earlier. When should you explain yourself? If you've inadvertently hurt someone's feelings. There's a limit to that though. Cause I've had times where I inadvertently hurt someone's feelings and I explained myself and then they were like, no, nah, that's not true. You didn't really mean that. And I'm just like, Yes, I I literally, yes, I just said that. I said that that's not what I meant. Well, I think that is what you meant. Well, now I'm no longer, I'm not going to engage in this anymore. Because I've explained and you are choosing to be obtuse. Just know that like it really meant a lot to me for you all to like make it your business to be like, I understand you or it doesn't matter if I understand you. I care about you. I respect you. And you need people in your life like that. And whether they're strangers or they're people that you know, people always ask me like, Amanda, like, what advice do you give? What advice would you give to people who are trying to get in the business? And I always say, make sure you're surrounded by people who believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And that's not just for the business, y'all. Like, that's life. You know, people who... And people believing in you doesn't mean they're always going to agree with you. People understanding you doesn't mean they're always going to agree with you. People understanding you doesn't mean that they're always going to go along with you. Sometimes they're going to challenge you. And it's because they understand who you are that they can challenge you and know where you're coming from. Um, and know where you... And more more importantly, not know where you're coming from, but know where you can get to. And that's when you got to, like, take a look at yourself, like... Is this person challenging me or is this person just being a dick? And decide if you're going to meet the challenge or if you're going to uh, Lorena Bobbitt the dick. The last dose. One of the hardest parts of being misunderstood is understanding yourself. Because it can be very difficult to stick to your guns when it seems like everyone else's are pointed at you. So keep up the good fight, stay strong, and stay true to self. And at the end of the day, that's literally all you can do. There's a world of people out here who are going through the same shit every day. And the fact of the matter is, you simply cannot control everyone's perceptions or misconceptions. The best you can do is know where you're coming from and stay the course. A podcast network.